Welcome to Beyond the 8-Bit Screen, where the nerds gather together to explore the transformation from a video game to the big screen. My name is Zoe Dubisky, and I am your quest leader. This episode, we'll be looking at Five Nights at Freddy's, the long-awaited movie that took the fan base years to get. Today I have gathered around the table Micah Tassi and Malachi Lopez, and I'm sure they're just as excited as I am to talk about this movie. So sit back, relax, grab that caffeinated beverage of your choice, and enjoy the episode. Super quickly, let's have you two introduce yourselves for me, if that's okay. We'll start with um, Micah and we'll go to Malachi. Your names are too similar to be on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Hello, my name is Micah Tassi. I am a junior comm student here at Anderson University, and I am ready to talk all the things. Hi, my name is Malachi Lopez. I am a CPCC student. Uh, in a broadcasting production technology program, and I am one of Zoe's very good friends. Let's let's just start preliminary thoughts. I was very excited when thinking about this podcast, realizing that the Five Nights at Freddy's movie was going to be released while I was recording and got a little extension so I could include it in the episodes. So, Ooh. freshly released movie. Everyone's seen it. Your thoughts? The way I describe how I walked out of that, how, how I walked out of the movie feeling was the same way I would walk out of a golden corral. <laughs> Not like, I wasn't disappointed, but I also wasn't enthused. <laughs> like I can see, I can definitely see the appeal of some things that about it, but as someone who considers, who has been a FNAF fan for a long time, um, and who had a FNAF phase all the way back in middle school. There were parts of it that didn't sit right with me, um, but there were other parts that did. But overall, I would I would say it's about a Golden Corral type movie, if that makes any sense. If you need me to elaborate more, I can. I, I get the vibe. And I'll let Mal go, and then I'll say my thoughts. I, I, okay, so for me, it was, I have to be honest, it was kind of a disappointment because it was t- when I was in like a, like saying middle school and there were like rumors about the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. So excited to, to be able to experience that. And then next thing I know, it got getting, kept getting pushed back and pushed back more. And then I honestly like completely forgot about it. And then when they announced it, I was, like all the nostalgia and I was like, no way, no way. And with the amount of time they they've had to make that movie, I have to say that I was I was disappointed because it was not what I wanted, um, and I feel like if they did if they stopped pushing it back and they did it sooner, then before like the FNAF lore grew even more, I feel like it could have been better. I was kind of disappointed. They definitely had a lot more to mix in because it took so long and it's interesting to think about I feel like we are the age group that were like hugely into FNAF and like middle school it like blew up or the target for I think like Markiplier and MatPat and a lot of the other streamers that like propagated the game and then we've known about the movie for years and years and years and it just came around now and we're all like it's finally time (laughs) And I feel like I'm very much in the same boat as Micah, where I'm like, there were some parts of it that struck me as really good and like very dutiful homage to it. 
the set dressing was good. I think the animatronics were really good. Having Matt Pat in it and the Living Tombstone song at the end were really good nods to the, to the community. That made me so happy. I was so upset for him because he was he was playing us like, oh, I wasn't invited. I'm really sad. I just don't understand. And I was hoping he was playing me so he could have that moment. I was so excited. So there was that stuff, and that was really good. And then, especially I think the first half of the movie was kind of paced weird and didn't feel like Five Nights at Freddy's. So I'm in the boat where it's like, there was a lot of good stuff, there was a lot of bad stuff. And I was talking mm -hmm. to Micah about this, but I chose for this podcast Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed because I knew they were bad. I chose Pokemon and Arcane because I knew they were really good. And Five Nights at Freddy's was just the loose cannon where I did not know where it was going to go. And I think it fits solidly in the middle of the other. Mm -hmm. Am I missing a game? That's only five. I don't know. How did I? Oh, Witcher. Witcher was also oh, chosen okay. because it was I really never watched good. The Witcher. I can't believe I forgot it. I, I didn't watch The Witcher either. Ugh, different conversation for another time, but really good. Let me smack you guys with some Five Nights at Freddy's facts and then we'll uh, keep going. First one was released in 2014. That's almost mm. 10 years ago. It, yeah. See, I had this issue. That is wild. I had this same I had this same thing happen to me the other week. Um I think I was recording an episode for something. And I somebody said the Lego movie came out in 2014. Did it? Yes. No. And I had an, <gasps> I had an existential crisis. Everything is not awesome. Everything is not awesome. Oh my gosh. That, We're old. I am very we are very old. But yeah, I remember I Yeah. I remember being in middle school chorus class watching people play it on their phones. Oh, gosh. Um, the series has had pretty consistent releasings. A lot of them have gotten delayed and pushed back. But considering when you look at, like, the years, it's pretty consistent over, especially with all the extra content, because there's eight mainline games. This is not counting DLCs. Uh, several non-canon spin-off games, two separate book series, um, several animated short films, and now the movie. So we are constantly being fed content, even though it's confusing and often non-canon. But, like, pretty consistent content releasings. New mainline game, Help Wanted 2, should be by the end of this year if it doesn't get pushed back. Um, some fun facts about the movie specifically. I'm sure most people know this, but I think it's so cool that the animatronics were practical effects. Some of them were puppets and some of them were people inside the suits, which is ironic and probably shouldn't have happened considering the entire point of the games, but I digress. Um, they were by the Jim Henson's <laughs> company. So that was really cool. Same guy who did the Muppets. Now doing murderous animatronics. Yeah, with children's souls inside of them. And bodies. Uh, yeah. This is the largest Blumhouse opening weekend ever. Let that one sink in. What? Highest opening for a PG-13 horror movie since Mummy Returns. So, That's crazy. Um, maybe something, quick question that came to my mind. The games are definitely horror. Based on jump scare horror. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like the movie was... No. Mm -mm. It felt more like a thriller to me. I feel like even thriller. Well, I, I, I guess thr thriller suspense. I wouldn't even call it suspense. Well, I mean, we know what happens, but I mean, Joel didn't. Although right. Joel was like, I'm just yeah. confused. Yeah. So for anyone who isn't a longtime fan and spent hours and years of their lives devoted to remembering the canon, it was probably confusing. Mm -hmm. Whatever the canon actually is. <laughs> the... Well, uh, it feels like the most widely accepted fan theories <laughs> as the canon, I guess. Yeah. I was I was reminiscing of the time back when um we didn't have anything past Final Fantasy 4. Ah, <sighs> sweet time. And everybody thought and everybody at that point thought that um 
that the entirety of the games was just a dream in the mind of a child. Or a child in a coma. Yeah. 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 The original, like the the original theories. I remember watching like game theory and watching all those, and then I've just lost track of where he's at. Uh, and even game theory has lost track of where Scott Cawthon's oh, yeah. at. He. Hundred percent. I think Matt Pat tears his hair out every time there's a new release. I I feel like I don't know. I feel like we need to stop it at Pizzeria Simulator. I feel like that is the definitive end of Five Nights at Freddy's. In my opinion, but at I, least. Okay, I love Security Breach. I do. Security Breach is nice. But it is, it's definitely a different flavor because, like, there's no one that we actively recognize. Everyone, I mean, Springtrap becomes Vanny. All the glam rocks are updated. Mm-hmm. But I still like it as a game. It just feels like uh, a reboot. Mm. I feel like it's a, I don't know. I feel like if they hadn't included Springtrap in Security Breach, I would have liked Peepaw. it. Peepaw. Peepaw Afton. Exactly. I would have liked it more. Because in my mind... I always come back. Because in my mind, Afton is dead, dead. Mm-mm. Somehow. Like, and just the whole the whole idea of him being, you know, able to upload his consciousness to... Yeah, he's half... Whatever. He's like AI, but that's he's just, also still physical. I, I That's just weird to me. I know people have done it before. Like, I love Doom. Like, oh. the game Doom. And there's a one of the main characters in that one is... Has uploaded himself onto a robot and, hmm. you know... So it can be done well. I just don't think, given given the ending that Pizzeria Simulator had, mm-hmm. I think it I think it wouldn't be worth. It would have been conclusive. It, it is. But conclusive. when is anything conclusive? It's very conclusive, and never. I I get that, but also, all good things must come to an end. True. Mm, that is very true. There, yeah, some things need to be laid to rest. I personally think security breach was good but i do see the critique of if once you include original afton it's just like oh my gosh but considering how confusing the canon of the games are the things they chose to put in the movie are just as confusing like lore wise is that an agreeable mm-hmm. comment i mean but, i mean if you dig like if you dig like minecraft bedrock deep it's there but if you, if you don't then it's very confusing and very all over the place like even even if I watch those videos, I'm I'm still like lost. And I think with every like new release and everything new that's coming out, like as far as like the games and books and DLC, it just makes it grow more and more and they just don't know where to stop. A common thread in the books is that they're thematically the same, but not the same characters, or they're like placeholder characters. Mm-hmm. And that's it seems like that's what they did in the movie, where they didn't have Mike be Afton's son but they still had a set of three kids the older brother feeling guilty for his little brother's death and then the little girl's in danger and or dead depending on game or movie um a relationship between vanessa and afton even though it looks very different in the movie than it does the books and it's just it's definitely book inspired that they have placeholder characters but it's also weird that they took some of the only things we know for sure and changed them It's like, we know for sure Mike Schmidt is actually Michael Afton and he's William Afton's kid. And they're like, but what if he wasn't? (laughs) What if we take the three facts you know and went, no. See, I wouldn't have complained if they had just adapted the books. Silver Eyes or? Silver Eyes for this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, granted, they did do a different take on it and followed more the game's lore. Mm -hmm. Which is fine, and I'm glad they did that. Again, I'm glad the movie exists. And I'm glad 
it happened. I'm not mad at it. I'm not but mad. But I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little angry. I'm not, I, I wouldn't even say that. Like, I could go with, the, go the classic route and say, oh, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even, dis- I wasn't even that disappointed with the movie. I was just like, huh, okay. It's, it's like, golden, going back to Golden Corral, you get one of those luscious buttery rolls, but it's only half warm. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm glad I ate it. But it could have been better. But like you have all this variety that was kind of pushed together, but it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> Why is my Chinese food next to pizza? Yeah, exactly. But if you go in and really take it, take some time to sink your teeth into it, you'll find something that you like. Okay. That's how I. That's mm-hmm. how I view this movie as a golden corral. Mal, who was very disappointed in the movie, do you feel like this uh, extended metaphor works, or are you just straight disappointed? I mean, it it kind of works. It's just like just. You have all that time to prepare. Like, it, okay, well, we're going back to go to Corral. You get a party, you know they're coming in, and you have all this time to prepare, and there's so much riding on it for the restaurant to succeed and improve on. But you just do the bare minimum. And it's, you get some people that are half satisfied, or some are just like, eh, it is what it is. I love that we're using Golden Corral. I, feel, I, 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 I genuinely feel like metaphor. I can feel, I can see the metaphor so perfectly. Um, I, Will point out uh, the NBC article I was reading. They had a director switch, and they also had like a complete script revamp. So yes, they had time to prepare, but they also a lot of that preparation was just complete overhauls. But also, that's just in line with the games. It seems like every new game is just like you know what you thought you knew, overhaul it all. Yeah. So it's following in a tradition. Is it a good tradition? Probably not, <laughs> but it is tradition for FNAF. And if they do a sequel, I'll watch it. Oh, for sure I will. I'd, I'd be I'd be I'd be happy if they made a sequel. I paid a lot of I accidentally bought GPX tickets, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just contributing to boosting the box office sales and I'm okay with that. We, I don't know what they I guess Spring Trap would come back as full Spring Trap and not half aft and half Spring Trap cuz he's fully locked See, in. Uh, oh. That's what I would like. <laughs> go, go, go. Yeah. That's what like I wanted. Like I feel like Spring Trap was the hype for it. Because when the trailer first came out, or no, even before that, they were talking about who Purple Guy would be, and or who After would be, and then they chose they they chose him. They they chose Shaggy, and at first I was like, eh, but then I realized, and I I for some reason I'm not remembering his name. All right? Matthew Lillard. If you if you know, what? Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Okay. Lillard. Yeah. When I, I started. Slurred. Yeah, when I went back and I thought about like his performance in like the original Scream, I was like, okay, maybe this guy does have potential. And then he was all in all the trailers. There were so many theories, and everybody knew he was gonna be Purple Guy. And then eventually that led to like, oh, oh crap, we're gonna get Springtrap. And then that led into, oh crap, we're gonna get the Springwalk suit. And that I feel like was like so much hype for like old for people that know FNAF, like for knowing what was gonna come. They're like, yes. That's the highlight, and I I was I wanted that so bad, because because you go on YouTube and you see like full animations. I might be crazy, but the animations and like the sounds effect, you're like, I wanted that, and it just became a <clears throat> like that's not yeah that okay. That's what I was not happy about, guys, yeah. if you can tell. No, I I 100% agree with that. I was very disappointed by the Springlock scene because I know exactly what you're talking about. I used to watch those SFMs, and as messed up as they are, 
they're accurate. It's accurate to what the it, mm-hmm. like the game's trying to portray. Yes. What I explained to Joel was that scene in the live action movie was the same level of gore as it is in the 8-bit representation in the lore drop in the game. That's like feels mm-hmm. the same amount of gore. And that's where I was like, you know, what you know what I'm talking about when he goes in the like 8 so the wait, are you talking about the mini game? Yeah, the mini games where yeah. you see the Springlock suit happen. Yeah, it felt the same amount of gore as that. <laughs> in the movie? Yes, just because like what? I mean, we see it go in him a little, but there's not a ton of squishing. There's not a ton of blood, and that's where I was really like missing that R rating. I wanted the R rating so bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. so bad. And just I, I, first of all, his appearance as, as Springtrap was so good. The suit was really good, and his posture. And the oh yeah, the suit. Like, it was that was chilling. That was. The good. suit itself looked really good. Fantastic. And I will say, he and the guy who played Mike, I can't remember either of their names. Josh Hutcherson. Lillard and Josh Hutcherson. Um, they They acted circles around everybody else. Oh, for sure. I did not like any other characters besides them. Vanessa, I thought, was bland. Like, just manipulated cop. Also, I feel like her inclusion is weird. I'm going to put a pin in that suit. Okay. Well, no, we can, you know what? No, I said what I needed to say about the Springtrap scene. I'm. It should have been R-rated. We should have gotten more gore. It's a gory series. Give us what we want. Vanessa being included is so confusing. I think they yeah. wanted her because she's popular from Security Breach. Mm-hmm. I say that. Mike is making a face. She... <laughs> well, no, I'm not disagreeing. She's an easily recognizable new character. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like Vanessa in the game. But I think they saw, ooh, new thing, insert shiny thing in, in, the, ga- in the movie. But she never would have interacted with any of these characters directly, nor the actual scene setting. She only has been in the building built on top of that pizzeria. Mm-hmm. And it just felt thematically wrong to have her there yep like yeah. if they're doing more movies introduce her later they could make her they could make her vanny later and i wouldn't complain it, yes especially if they had her set up if, like if they make her vanny especially after this one where we had her empathetic that'd be kind of good but to have her as instead of elizabeth afton i thought that's where I, I was sitting there going is that a fake name and they're just calling out Vanessa, but she's actually Elizabeth? Because that would have been cool. But no, she was nope. just straight Vanessa. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I'm also mm-hmm. sad we didn't get any sister location references, really. I mean, the suit they could have, they were trying to stuff Abby into could have technically been a reference. That apparently was a reference to one of the many short stories, um, according, oh, okay. to my, according to Sophie, if she was here. I, I thought I saw Circus Baby. There was a baby Springlock suit. But Baby is not a Springlock animatronic, and according to Sophie, who unfortunately could not be here because we had issues getting in the building, um, Sophie said that that was, I think the name was Ella, and that she's in the books. Okay. As well as that, there was a dog suit with the bone, uh, which I think is a reference to the fetch story. But I also could be wrong on that one. I haven't read a lot of the books. I think I only read Silver Eyes, and that was back in middle school i read silver eyes and i only i basically hear about the books through matpat so it's a lot to keep second hand in your head considering all the other content that's out there mm-hmm. yeah i choose to stick to the games because that's just the most coherent i'd say i think just my big thing with the, i i yeah what i talk about with vanessa just what they chose to put in from the games i think is kind of a weakness they put in a lot of different things but none of them fully connect in the games Mm -hmm. 
because, I mean, Cawthon's lore is confusing and often overhauled. And then they picked unrelated things and made them related. <laughs> and this is hard. I don't think we're supposed to treat the movie as canon. But Definitely not. If it's confusing for us, who have been in this franchise for a long time, like we're in the trenches, how is anyone else supposed to get it? Yeah. Although maybe it'd be better to mm -hmm. not be sitting there going, I know Vanessa's not Afton's kid. Maybe it's better to not know that and you're just there like, oh. Yeah, I could definitely see people enjoying this movie if they have no inkling of what FNAF lore even is. Because mm -hmm. when we were done, when the movie finished, I was watching with a group, and I had to—I was pretty much the only one there. Well, me and one other person. We were pretty much the only ones there who had really dived in, who had really been like immersed in all the Five Nights at Freddy's lore for as long as we had. And we had to—we we were like explaining our issues with the movie, as well as like things that we did sort of enjoy, and like all the parallels that lined up. I think they did, I mean, again, like Living Tombstone Map Hat, they attempted to address the community, and I really appreciate that. I do think when you're making a video game adaptation, your first allegiance should be to the fans. And if you mm -hmm. make it good for the fans, it will be a good movie overall. But you can't skip it and just make it a movie for everyone. Your first duty is to the people who supported the franchise. Like, it's for us. We are the ones who are here first. And it'll be a good movie if you do that. And it's, yeah, it's not, I mean, I think people think it's a bad movie, just straight, cutting away that it's based off of something. I think it's less confusing. Well, I think it's less aggravating, but still confusing if you're not a fan. Yeah. As a fan, I feel like keeping it separate would make more sense, honestly. Going into this movie with no inkling of what, of what came before it. Yes. Like keeping it separate, it's okay. It's it's the same thing. It's the same issue I have with the Percy Jackson movies. Mm -hmm. As adaptations, they're not good, but as standalone movies, they're not terrible. They have things to like about them, and this is a this okay. is what I feel like is a, it's a I feel like it's a similar situation. I don't think that's a okay. I see your argument. I don't think you're saying it's a good thing. I just need to like lay out. I don't think that's a good thing though. When you're making an adaptation, it should be an adaptation, not a standalone. I'm not sure that's what I you're arguing. I don't I think agree with that. Yeah. I can agree with that. Also, shout out for them putting Corey Kenshin in that movie. The, the guy who played the taxi yeah. driver. Who's that? He, he's Corey. You, his name is, Corey? you don't know who Corey Kenshin is? I'm so sorry. Oh no, goodness. please educate me. No, he's a he's a really awesome YouTuber. Um, oh, cool. He does, a, he does a lot of horror-themed stuff. Amazing. Um, but he's also just a really all-around great guy. I think he's a, I'm pretty sure he's a believer as well. That's cool. So... He puts yeah, like he, he puts verse he puts like Bible verses at the end of his episodes. He was really good in it. He was only in like two scenes, yeah, but they no, were good scenes. Yeah, no, he's he's awesome. He's really funny. Um, I have I have one of his sweatshirts actually, but um, but yeah, he does a lot of he does a lot of horror stuff. Finance of Freddy's was a big part of his big part of his channel, and there was one other thing I wanted to say. What was it? So, Corey, that's his name. Corey Kenshin. So what? The other scene, the mid credit roll the mid-credit sequence, was one of the Balloon Boy jump scares, right? When we're talking about it, it doesn't really feel like a horror movie. Those are the times I jumped. The two Balloon, three Balloon Boy jump scares, those are the most traditional Five Nights at Freddy's style scaring. Yep. It's like the super up close, <laughs> suddenly it's there like, oh gosh. And those were the times that it scared me the most. I wish they would have had more of that. I agree. Yeah. I think it's funny that they chose the one character that doesn't jump scare you to actually jump scare <laughs> you the in jump the movie. Scares. Man, unless you're counting FNAF 4 and FNAF 3, which I'm not, but yeah, I, more traditional FNAF jump scares, please. 
Also FNAF tradition. Very interesting inclusion to me. Foxy's kind of known to be the most aggressive animatronic. Editing Zoe here. It is actually Bonnie that is the most aggressive. We were incorrect. And I think he was one of the more aggressive animatronics. I think he's got a lot of bodies. But you know who has more? Is Chica's cupcake. Oh, the cupcake was... The cupcake was totaling everybody. And I think it had more yeah. kills than the rest of them combined. And that's confusing. Does Chica's cupcake do that? It was channeling FNAF 4 energy cupcake. Okay. No, it doesn't do that in FNAF 1. I don't... I feel like you very rarely see cupcake moving autonomously and so for it to have the most bodies of the like most kills i don't think i can say bodies that's different connotation isn't it the most <laughs> the most kills in the movie what i think i the part that made me laugh the most is when it, it is right at the like the like the finale part where it's chasing it's chasing mike and it jumps at him yeah like it it just jumps and i'm like how did this thing get airborne it floats what? It floated at some point. Like, I understand if it hopped like a video. No, I think character. it floated at some point. No, that sucker jumped. Oh, that no. was a that was a big jump. No, bro has, time. bro has like Michael Jordan hops. Huh. He just went, <laughs> And he sank his teeth into Mike. Like, cru like gator crushing. Yeah, no, that was like some My aliens face hugger junk. So, I don't understand lore-wise what they were trying to communicate. That implies that Cupcake has its own spirit, but that has never been the case. Yeah. Unless Chica can put her little kid's spirit into that, the Cupcake. That's how I imagine it. Yeah, okay. It's more of like an extension of her own soul, almost. I, For some reason, I thought that the Cupcake was... Why am I forgetting names? Garrett? Yeah, I thought that was... Yeah, I thought it was... I thought that was Garrett. For so, some reason. This is a great train. Cupcake was Garrett. I don't think Cupcake's Garrett. I think part of Golden Freddy is? Mm, no, the blonde boy was Golden Freddy. Golden Freddy has two spirits, though. In the games or in the book? Or yes. in the movie? In, in the games and books, Golden Freddy, I think, is the one that has two spirits. He, I thought he only had in one. In the games, it's Cassidy and I forget the other boy's name. But there's two spirits. So, and also, Freddy, Golden Freddy is the only one in the film that has a blue eye. Mm -hmm. That color is normally associated with, like, peaceful or, like, good characters. So, to me, that was, oh, the blonde boy, which was wearing a brown shirt, so I thought he was supposed to be Freddy, but I don't think he was. That confused me, because there's a boy in a gold shirt and a top hat, and I think he's actually Freddy, and then brown shirt boy is Golden Freddy. Hated that. Um, but I think there's two of them in there. Because you've got the one missing eye and then the one blue eye. And that's on top of the blue normally connotating a good character. The two different eyes normally are two people. Hmm. So like the broken missing eye would be brown shirt boy who's angry and just lashing out. And then the blue would be her brother. I have a, I have a potential theory. Okay. Launch. So in the games, you know how Afton's first victim was the was uh, Henry's daughter. Charlotte? Mm -hmm. Yes, Charlotte, who goes on to possess the puppet. I'm wondering if if they end up making a sequel, are they going to make Garrett the puppet this time around? I because that puppet so bad. Because that would make me upset. Why would it make you upset? Yeah. Because of how good Charlotte's story is. 
Oh, taking, taking away games. Charlotte? Well, taking they don't. Away, and taking away Charlotte, I think it would do a disservice to the series. Well, they took away Henry. There's no mention of him. They well, there kind of is, vaguely. They're like, oh, the owner just doesn't want to let it go. I thought. So. Oh, the owner was supposed to be Henry, not. Well, they never named William. Him. They never named him. They just, but he's normally associated with making the suits. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, Golden Freddy being possessed by two souls is a common theory. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I was googling it. I I wanted the puppet. I saw a, I it's probably edited. I saw someone like, oh look, there's like you can see the puppet face in the window, but it's super faint and probably edited. Mm -hmm. Um, a little weird to well, it's not weird to not include puppet because that would just make it even more convoluted. But also, kind of need him. Yeah. No, I was. I was hoping the puppet would come in. I think it would have upped the horror factor a lot if you would include the puppet as well. Yeah. Because a lot of people get freaked out by the marionette looking. Yeah. And also like the long jump arms. Yes. Like in FNAF 2, that's the one that's the, the one music thing box do. mechanic. Yes, that's the one thing I also really like about the VR game is that they actually made the puppet move and you could watch the puppet move and seeing mm -hmm. seeing it move is terrifying. Mm. Cuz it just kind of it does its little lanky dance down the hallway as it's coming to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Like, that's that's scary. And I think that could have been a very good way to up the horror factor of this movie, which I didn't feel like there was a lot of either. Yeah, not a lot of horror. What hypothesis as to why they didn't, the puppet works against Afton constantly. What they, I guess their explanation for why the animatronics were acting the way they were is because Afton was controlling them and like, making them forget i thought mm -hmm. that they were just i thought in the games that it was just like they were mad and kind of blinded by rage and just lashing out not that afton was controlling them so i think it probably would have been a little more challenging it's like oh afton's controlling them but not the puppet hmm. because the puppet's always been able to see more clearly than the others am i right on that yeah no you're correct yeah, you are. okay because the puppet was the one who gave them the souls who tried to save them yeah. in some way. Oh, there was no inclusion of the exotic there butters meme. There was no meme. inclusion of the exotic butters meme. I feel like the no. way... I do feel like the way they set up their house might have been a call out to that because you've got like the like the old chair facing the really old TV. Mm. I think that's about us, all we got. But exotic butters would have included sister location and there weren't any mentions of it. Unless you count that baby looking animatronic. I really don't. I think she's more from the books. I love how they didn't revisit that the aunt died. <laughs> <laughs> she died on the floor. Abby didn't see her, I guess, mauled to death, but they just don't revisit it. Yeah. Anywho. That's, yeah. She wasn't important. She was a douche. Kind of a, kind of a she large She smelled like bottle. cigarettes. I forget. Did Vanessa wake up? How did I forget it? Did no, she? she didn't wake up. Oh. Oh. Where, that uh, is sequel bait. Mm. She's still in a coma. Sequel. <gasps> She'll come back for revenge. For it would, okay. It, would it completely break the lore more? Yes. But if she's in a coma mm -hmm. and we see her experiencing FNAF 4. That'd actually be kind of cool. We have any final thoughts? I feel like we covered some really good things. So I feel okay. But do you guys have anything you're just like, I okay. gotta talk about? I feel okay. I'm okay. I got to rant. Your soul's at rest. <laughs> it is, you know. Hey. Thank you for joining us on this quest through Five Nights at Freddy's. And thank you for being with us for an entire season of Beyond the 8-Bit Screen. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. And thank you to all of my friends who helped make this podcast happen. 
I'm not sure if this podcast will return for a second season, but I'm sure if we do, we'll have a lot more side quests to unlock. Thank you for joining us, and I hope to see you on your next quest.